Women Taking the Lead, episode 193. I do things scared all the time. Public speaking is not easy for me. I love it once I am like in the process of doing it. But beforehand, I am scared. And uh, but it has brought so many great results to myself and my business. And I'm able to impact the people that are listening, you know, there in the moment in a different way than you can through podcasting and other mediums. And so I yeah, we just got to do it scared, ladies. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to join the community and get the resources to support you on your leadership journey. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Your website tells a story about your business. At Zebra Love Web Solutions, Millie and her team are going to make sure your website tells the story you want your customers to hear. Connect with Millie at ZebraLoveWebSolutions.com to create the impression you want to make. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Natalie Ekdahl, who is a business coach, professional facilitator, keynote speaker, and host of the Biz Chicks podcast, which iTunes ranked a number one new business podcast in March of 2014. Natalie has an international coaching practice where she works with female entrepreneurs desiring to grow a profitable business, whether they are just starting out or have a million-dollar company. She leverages her 20 years of business experience, graduate business degree, and social media savvy to help her clients efficiently adapt their business to their family life and individual priorities. She is the busy mom of three children ranging in age from 2 to 14 and starts her day with a steaming cup of Ethiopian coffee. Natalie, I am one of your fans. I'm one of your listeners. I'm so excited to be introducing you to the Women Taking the Lead community. And I know from all the episodes I've listened to, this is just a little overview of who you are. So if you could tell us more about you and what you have going on in your world. Thank you so much, Jody. That was such a spectacular introduction. I was like, wow, that girl sounds so cool. <laughs> I'm like, oh, she's talking about she me. She is so cool. <laughs> well, I would say that I am in a very busy life stage where I have um, I have a lot of children, children's activities. My daughter is in high school. We just found out this morning that she was cast in um, the winter drama, which is a crucible. So there's a lot of like other people's time that I am a part of, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. So um, I feel like my time is not always my own. And uh, as a business owner, it is, it is, you know, my business is my first love right now. I, I, I joke with my husband. I say, you know, my business is my boyfriend. And I just love being an entrepreneur. I love impacting other women and their families. And I am honored that, you know, you're, you're a fellow podcaster too. And so we know that we can reach people around the world. And so I just feel very honored to do the kind of work where I can impact, you know, a business in Australia or in France or France or Germany or Alaska. And uh, to get to do this kind of work is, is so fulfilling. I used to be a management consultant before I had my daughter. She's 14. And so before I became a mom, I was a management consultant. And the work I did involved me flying to client sites every week. And so I literally was not in my city for the majority of the year. And uh, so I would fly out like on a Sunday and fly back in on a Thursday night. And 
I knew I couldn't do that kind of work as a mom. And so I've done different kinds of work over time, but I feel like everything I have done has culminated into what I'm doing now. And so I feel that I am completely where I'm supposed to be and living in my purpose and passion. And so it is so exciting to me. And I think about, um, I think about my work and the podcast and my clients all the time. And when I'm not thinking about them, I'm thinking about my family. Mm-hmm. And I love what you're doing, Natalie, too. It, it's awesome to always hear the stories of like, what windy road led you to today? And it's always interesting how what someone has going on right now, everything they've done up until that point contributed to their being able to now rock it out in this new area. And although I'm not a mom, I have to say when I hear you know, moms talk about their businesses, especially, or their like high powered careers and balancing it all. I'm always a little bit in awe because I don't have children. My, you know, I'm, I have a lot going on, but there's not that aspect. Although I did have an experience uh, about a year ago where I was living with my, in my sister's home for a short while while my brother was doing a long travel. And my sister is an overnight nurse and she was doing a lot of double shifts during that time. She has three children and I, I like, and it was around this time of year. So previous podcast guests had emailed me to wish me happy holidays and my response back to them was, how do you do it? How do you, how do you get anything done? <laughs> like, it's amazing. It's, uh, I will say that a, a lot of mom entrepreneurs or, um, yeah, or even working women, we do look at people that don't have children with jealousy at times and think, oh, I wish I could have more time to myself. But I feel like with whatever life situ- situation you're in, you adapt to it. And so if I didn't have children, I would be doing probably some different things, but some of the same things. And I would have probably more time to myself. So I lose some like probably, um, you know, self-care time and uh, some, you know, I just feel like we, we fill the time we have and it may not always be filled efficiently. So uh, my life before I have children and now that I have children and then honestly adding each child adds more time. And so you just, you just adapt to it. And so uh, I do think that, as a parent, you are forced to be more efficient. And there are some things that um, probably I would go off and do that I don't do now, like probably also just some, you know, entertainment options and things that I would love to do or travel. I would love to do that. I don't do because I'm in this parenting life stage, Mm -hmm. which is very meaningful. I, you know, and I've read studies and I've shared them with my brothers and sisters where yes, parents have a higher level of stress than single people do, but they tend to report that their life has more meaning than single or, or people without children have to do. So there's always the, that, like you were talking about the pros and cons, weighing different things. Um, and you have the joy of watching your children grow, which is, which is awesome. I have nieces and nephews, but I know, I, I know it's not the same experience. Well, I have a number of people in my life that don't have children. And I always say, and actually my, my daughter right now, who's 14, she says she doesn't want to have children. And I say, um, you know, whether for some people it's a choice for some people, it is just how things have, have evolved to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always say you should not be a parent unless you really want to be, because it is, and you know, it's an all in effort. You, you can't take them back. Uh, so <laughs> it's like, it's a big commitment. And, uh, I've told my daughter, you know, cause she said, you know, I don't know if I want to have children. And I say, you know what, you should not, no one should have children if they don't want to. And, 
you can have a very rich and amazing life, whether or not you have children. That's my belief. And I have a number of people in my life that, um, don't have children. And, um, I don't feel like you have to have children to be fulfilled as a woman. Mm -hmm. That's not, that's not where I come from. Mm -hmm. Love that. And Natalie, you clearly have had success in your life. You've built quite a business. You have an amazing community of female entrepreneurs around you. And I know like you've definitely as a podcaster too, have gained confidence, not just success. Um, but I always love to kind of kick off with, you know, that, um, a story that kind of levels the playing field for everyone. Everyone can relate to this, those mo those playing small moments, those moments in our life when we either don't realize our value or what we're capable of. And so we unconsciously hold ourselves back. And in retrospect, we kind of shake our heads because we wonder like, why did we not realize that we were more capable or that we had more value? So if you could share one of your playing small moment stories and the lessons you've learned. I think that one of my playing small moments would be just in the first year of my podcast, not really having a clear plan of where I was going. I thought I was going to launch this podcast that it would be a worldwide sensation and all these people would be listening. And because all these people were listening, these sponsors would come to me and say, Natalie, can we sponsor your show? It's so amazing. And that that would be like an income stream for me. And then I would build other streams, income streams off of that. And that is not what happened. What happened the first year is I made nothing in my business related to the podcast. So bizchicks.com, our, uh, our, our taxes for 2014 were $0 in revenue and many expenses. And what I realized uh, what I realized is that I needed to consciously try to work with my audience and understand who my audience was. And I feel like that all came together this year. And I started, I was, I, this had been recommended to me a year, a year prior to me launching into this, into doing this, which was, I was told that I should do on-air coaching calls so that people could hear what it was like to work with me. And that seemed so scary mm -hmm. because I was worried, like what, what are other coaches going to say? Like, are people going to listen to me and judge my advice? Are, am I going to get emails saying, I can't believe you suggested that so-and-so do this and that. Uh, so like I had a lot to overcome mentally to put those out there. And what has happened is it was, has become the best thing I could have done for my business. People listen to those calls and they tend to listen to one and enjoy them and go back and listen to all of them. I have about, I think I've published published about six at this point. And then they want to work with me. And, and the process from listening to a call to wanting to work with me is very short. Sometimes it's a few weeks. Sometimes it's just a month. Most people that are coming to work with me have just started listening to me and have binge listened on me. So I was really thinking small in terms of, uh, you know, initially I did a podcast where it wasn't a lot of me. It was all, um, interviewing other, other, um, other entrepreneurs and sharing their story, which is so valuable. And I know that my listeners loved those, but it, it, it wasn't a way to build a business because in order to build a business, I have to, sh I have to demonstrate my knowledge and the work I do and show that. And so that is how I was playing small is that I was, I was only doing interviews and not ever, you know, either doing solo episodes where I was teaching and, um, or doing these on-air coaching calls. And anytime, even now, like if I release a solo episode or I release a on-air coaching call, I feel a little sick to my stomach before it comes out. 
And I am not sure how people are going to respond to it, but I do it anyway. So kind of my little advice is you just do it scared. I do things scared all the time. Mm -hmm. And I love that. And I remember we had an opportunity to sit down and chat um, when we were both at Podcast Movement in Chicago this past summer. And I remember, and you had just started doing some of the coaching calls. And I remember saying to you, like, you're so courageous. (laughs) Like, like I'm a professional coach as well. And the same thing, the same thought of like, oh my gosh, if you put it out there, then somebody's going to judge and be like, oh, you didn't do this right. You didn't say that right. Or you should have held back or you should have dove in, right? Everyone has an opinion about how it should be done. And I remember you, you said the same thing, like, I'm scared, I'm sick, but this is so important. And your audience gained so much information um, and probably a lot of coaching too, because they could see themselves in the woman you were chatting with. It was such a brave thing, but my goodness, like really putting yourself out there and the difference it's made. I, I was just in awe of you. Thank you. Thank you so much for saying that as a fellow coach, that that means a lot because you know how vulnerable, it's very vulnerable for me to do that as a coach. And guess how many emails I've gotten criticizing my coaching, Jody? Oh my God. How many? (laughs) I have gotten zero. (laughs) And guess how many people have said, thank you so much for creating these. Like, I can't afford to coach with you, but I feel like I got coached from you and I hear what you're saying in my head, like you're in my head. And so I'm doing the things that you're suggesting, even though I can't afford to work with you. I've gotten so many, like, I can't even like, it's not like it's only one or two. It's like 10, 20, 30. And then in my private Facebook group, people will share how it's impacted them. And then when people can't afford to work with me, they come to me and they say, gosh, Natalie, thank you so much. Like, I, I've already feel like you've been coaching me. And so now, um, like I'm ready for that customized, like, I really want you to know my story and my business and I want your advice specific to me. And so it has been, uh, set, I, I recommend it to fellow podcasters all the time, regardless of your industry. If you're wanting to work with your audience, I think it's so valuable to show people what you do and it is scary, but, The truth is, if I'm going to hear from someone, and I'm sure I'm just, there will be a day, I'm going to get those emails where someone says that, what do I care what another coach thinks about how I, how I coach people? Like, I really only care about the people that want to work with me. I'm not, that person is not someone that wants to work with me. Not everyone, I can't work with, I physically cannot work with everyone anyway. So we need lots of coaches out there to serve the world and not everybody needs coaching and you know, I, I just am not here for everyone. I am here for the people that identify with me and think that I can, they identify with my style and they feel that they could gain something from my past experience and knowledge. Mm-hmm. And I, and I love how you said it, like you do things scared. And I think, you know, from my experience, you know, my personal experience and also coaching, you know, other women is part of achieving the level of success that we want to achieve is we have to do things that scare us. Not all the time. It's not always, but a a lot. If you're venturing into a new area, if you're stretching yourself, it's going to be uncomfortable and you're going to be a little nervous about the outcome, but you have to do it anyway. And Natalie, if you could share with us another story, this, this time, what I'd love to hear about is a wake up call. You know, for some people, it's like a flashbulb moment, like an aha. And for others, people will, will joke and say, oh, the universe sent, had to send me a lot of messages before I finally caught on. But in either case, there's usually a moment where you're ready to take action. So if you could share with us a a wake up call story, you know, what led up to that moment of action? and the steps you took that led to your success? Mm, Great question. Mine involves 
bringing money out of my business and putting it into the family. So literally like a year ago, almost exactly um, when we're recording this. So this was in fall of uh, 2015. My husband and I had a discussion about our goals for 2016 and in terms of finances and money and, uh, you know, there's lots of different ways we can all use our time and what was going to be most productive in terms of earning income for our family. And so we both talked about that it would be important for if I was moving forward with biz chicks because I had started monetizing, but I was still not making as much money as I could make, say, if I was to go out and get a corporate job. So, it really only makes sense for me to be spending this amount of time in this business if, if, if we can create some equivalency there. And so we set a goal for me of an amount of money that I would transfer from biz chicks into the family bank account every month. And having that goal was so motivating because I didn't just need to create that amount of revenue in my business. I needed to go beyond that, right? Because I have to pay taxes and I have expenses in my business. And so I needed to, it really helped me get to, okay, here's the profit I need to come out of my business and move from my business to my family's bank account. And okay, here, now let me look at the expenses I have. It helped me address those expenses. Were, did they make sense? And were, <laughs> did I want to have to work hard to cover those, right? Mm-hmm. And then what were my, what? so then I was able to kind of iterate and get to what was the revenue goal that I was going to have every month. And I will tell you, there were some months Uh, There were some months where I didn't make the mark at the beginning. The beginning of 2016 was a hard time for me in figuring out exactly how to serve my audience and also learning that I have to sell, like I have to sell myself. And there is an aspect of selling in, in every business, whether or not we want to admit it. So in order, you have to tell people what you're doing in some way or another, or they can't buy from you. And so just working through some mindset things and also just logistics of, okay, this is the amount of revenue that needs to come in. Let's address some of these expenses, get get rid of some so that I can have more profit. And having a number has been so helpful. And I, so I really recommend this for, for everyone. If you don't have a, a goal of a certain amount of money that you're transferring from your business account into your family account, I recommend you get it. We need to be paying ourselves in our business. We are the most valuable employee and we need to honor and respect ourselves. And so it made me feel like such a boss and a CEO of my business to be transferring, like to, to see these, you know, this large chunk of money go from one account to the other and to be, um, you know, paying some, you know, really contributing to my family's, um, livelihood. So that was, um, that was a really kind of aha moment in terms of kind of lasted over many periods of time, but coming down to the aha moment for me was creating that goal and then implementing it has been so fulfilling and to have a little bit more structure in terms of what I need to create and when has been, um, has been very helpful in my own personal business. I love how you broke down the process of coming to that number, Natalie, because I feel like so often, you know, the first question we're asked sometimes by coaches, well, how much money do you want to make? And of course, the number that comes out of your mouth is so arbitrary. 
you know, and, and comes, you know, I, I'll often hear people say a uh, hundred thousand. Why a hundred thousand? Right. Because that's the number that everyone's trying to shoot for. Okay. So then it exactly. has no meaning for you, you know, and, you know, full disclosure in my business, there was, you know, a year of no profitability. And then the next year there was a little bit of profitability. And I thought, okay, the next year is going to be better. And like, <gasps> nope, the next year was like no profitability. And I freaked out. And my first thought was to, and I created this arbitrary number that was not motivating, was not inspiring. And I found that after a short while, I wasn't following it anymore. But, you know, I landing on a process similar to what you described, I think was so brilliant where there was something you were contributing to, right? It wasn't just making money to make money. It's that this certain amount of money was going to go towards contributing to taking care of your family and backtracking from there. What were the expenses, you know, and really examining, examining were those expenses that you would want to push yourself to cover and then getting to that, you know, final number and having it work. And I love how you also included that understanding your audience and figuring out how you wanted to provide for them was really part of your profitability plan. It was. And, and it took me, it's taken me a little while this year to figure that out. In January, I had almost no income coming into my business and I had had a number of coaching clients. I thought they were going to continue. They didn't continue. I was trying to put a mastermind together and I didn't understand like kind of how the holidays was going to impact, you know, everyone kind of checks out over the holidays. So if you want to launch something in January, you really have to plan and, you know, have people signed up end of November, beginning of December. So for at least for in my business and my the way my business works and how I am now understanding it. And so it was, um, so I actually went to my own personal mastermind and told them where I was at and because I'd had these big goals and then I, they didn't work out. And so they said, Natalie, why don't you do some free calls? Like you need, you have this time right now. This would be a great time for you to learn even more from more people. Like you've worked with, you know, a handful of coaching clients from your audience at this point work with some more. And so I did 20 free 25 minute calls in January of 2016. And I learned so much in that period of time about exactly what people needed and what I could provide. And I also learned that in 25 minutes, I basically what I told people and they filled out a form in advance was we can talk about one thing. So pick one thing and we're going to we're going to work on that problem in this 25 minute call. And I also gained confidence because I learned every single one of those entrepreneurs I could help. I could help with one thing in 25 minutes. Mm -hmm. And so, um, it really just gave me a lot of confidence moving forward. And so much of being an entrepreneur is about mindset and believing in ourselves and putting positiveness out into the universe and knowing that like, I know, I know that I can help any entrepreneur. I can help someone in one call. I usually do 60 to 90 minute calls. I know that I can help someone in 60 minutes, no matter what their business is, no matter where they live, no matter um, how long they've been in business, no matter how much they're making or how little they're making. I know that I can add a ton of value in one call. And I believe I can add value in multiple calls, but I sell a lot of, I work with a lot of people one time in a strategy session which is I've done about 70 of them this year. And it's been fantastic because I have such a great understanding of not only my audience, but women entrepreneurs in general, what like 
I can see trends through those calls and I, I can see programs that can be created and sold. I've have a connection with all of these women now, you know, if we're, you know, you and I are making a connection, a deeper connection right now, just being on this podcast. Mm -hmm. So when I'm on a call with anybody, we build a deeper connection. Uh, So it's just been an amazing year of kind of figuring things out and also iterating. So I would try something and it may or may not have worked. And so I'd try something different and then that would work. And then I would keep doing what was working. So it was not like I set out in at the, I did not set out at the beginning of 2016 and say, I'm going to work with 70 to hundred women one-on-one in calls. I did not know that that is how my year was going to go. Uh, but that is how it happened. And it happened because I was open to, um, to seeing what people needed to see where the intersection was between what I could provide and what they needed and seeing what worked. And then, like I said, doing more of it. I love that. Now we're fast forwarding one year. What, what would you say is the one thing that you're most excited about in your business? Hmm, Like right now, Mm -hmm. I'm most excited about having spotted those trends. I feel that I really understand the entrepreneurial woman. And I understand that a lot of us are struggling with this profit um, number, like actually transferring profit from our business to our personal accounts. And so that's what I'm really excited about is helping more women have profit in their business. And I'm going to be speaking at a few places this year. And then I'm also excited about seeing what tr- how being in business almost three years, how you build traction. So I have had relationships develop, you know, in 2014 that now are like partnerships and collaborations. Now I was, I attended social media marketing world in, um, in 2014 and 2015. And this year they asked me, I didn't pitch. They asked me to facilitate a panel on podcasters and like three of my favorite podcasters are going to be on that panel. And I actually got to help pick a few of them. So it's really, exciting how, um, you know, there's some things you can't anticipate and plan out and I'm a planner. And so (laughs) I am learning to be okay with things evolving. And I will say for 2017, I have a lot of plans, but I also have some white space because I know there's some unexpected opportunities coming my way and I want to have a little room for them. So I have not planned every single, you know, event I'm going to go to or speak at. I think that there's a couple things that I don't know what they are that are coming and I'm, I'm ready for them. I'm excited about them. I, you know, and I'm really excited about what you're up to as well, Natalie, because I think, you know, I've seen it too. Like so many women, they, they struggle just to keep their business afloat and to pay all the, like they feel, I know a lot of women who feel like, okay, I'm paying the bills, so I'm doing okay. But that's, you and I both know that's not enough. That's not what gives you that feeling of fulfillment and success as a business owner. So the fact that you are really diving deep into the topic of, you know, producing profits that that is really key and I love hearing that you're open you know to speaking more and sharing that message and and I'm just going to put a shout out if you're a podcaster and you're listening to this episode Natalie is a fantastic podcast guest um so scoop (laughs) her up and Natalie on the flip side of things what would you say is the biggest leadership or business challenge that you currently have Right now, my biggest challenge is I need more people on my team and I do not have time to find them. So I, <laughs> I am very fortunate in that my husband has some time right now. So he had a huge uh, consulting project end. And so I was looking around at the skill set I needed and we were looking at the momentum I'm creating in my business. And so I 
we had a great discussion recently about how he could help me in my business right now. And I don't know if he's going to be like on board for all of 2017 or if he's going to pop in and create some systems and things behind the scenes that I don't have time to create. But he's like, he's, he's like your techie handyman. Like he can do anything to do with tech. He can build software. He can do WordPress sites. He can, he can, he understands, um, you know, podcasting. He can edit podcasts. He's not going to do a lot of the things I'm saying, but he understands them and can help me tap into the kind of people I need to add and also add some upper, I need help adding operational aspects behind the scenes. I have tapped out all I can do as a solo solopreneur with a few virtual assistants. I am now needing like someone to actually completely manage my calendar, completely manage my email. Um, I just hired a um, incredible video editor and he's also going to do my podcast as well. So I'll have him and he can do design. So I think that's like the thing that uh, that I am needing right now is to create a team, but I'm being conscious of the expenses. So I think it's very normal. I think a trap that I've watched a lot of other entrepreneurs and even some of our peers fall into is they feel this momentum. They see all this revenue coming in and they think, okay, now I can, now I can hire and hire all these people to support me. But then you have the pressure of keeping that going. So I'm really being conscious of what are the bare bones things? What are those bare bones expenses I have to add? And what are those that would be nice? So over time this year, I will build out a bigger team, but I'm not adding them all at once. I'm going to add them piece by piece, get them on board. And then I will have more time to do the things that are, you know, I'm most gifted at. Um, but in the meantime, I'm going to be doing some of my admin stuff and some of my, um, you know, I kind of like to, I have a, I enjoy designing images. So occasionally I'll design one because I think it's fun. Um, but I, that's kind of my biggest challenge is how do I, uh, how do I kind of even more step into the CEO, CEO role of my business and bring on the right kind of support? Yeah, I love the saying too. Nobody went out of business from growing too slowly. Exactly. Right? <laughs> I'm in this for the long haul. I am in this for the long haul. I love what I'm doing. I love being a podcaster. I love working with women entrepreneurs. And so, uh, you know, I don't have a need to be able to say, you know, in 2017, I'm going to have a million dollar business. I actually could. I see how I could have that. But I also have to temper the life I want. Mm -hmm. Like I actually want to spend time with my children. I want to spend time with my husband. I want some white space. I want to go to the beach. I want to travel. And so there are things that we could create, but we may choose not to because it's not a good fit for us. Right. And it's really understanding what your own definition of success is, because for you, a million dollar business that takes you away from your family, you're not going to feel successful at all. No, that would not be successful. Right. Not being, if my children someday say, all you did was work, all you, all I remember is that I wanted to talk to you and you were on your phone. Like if that is, if my children are saying that later, then I have not been successful in a key part of my life, which is motherhood. And so I want to be, and I also recognize I'm not going to be perfect in any of this and that I'm going to do good enough. And I'm going to be a good enough mom, a good enough entrepreneur, a good enough coach, a good enough podcaster. And that will be that will be just fine. Mm -hmm. And for all of you recovering perfectionists, 
That's your mantra. Good enough. <laughs> I, love I, it. I raise my hand as a recovering <laughs> perfectionist and I have to, I have to uh, do some work on that probably once a quarter. Yeah. Cause it's hard. It's I'm so hard you. to fight. <laughs> I am with you. It's good to have standards, but not if they're <laughs> running the show. <laughs> Absolutely. Jody. I love it. All right, Natalie, now I'm going to do a leadership roundup. So I'm going to pepper a few questions at you. So to start off with, what is one practice you have that helps to make you a better leader? Hmm. I love listening to podcasts. So, uh, I am a podcast junkie. And so one practice I have is when I find someone I admire, I actually go and listen to several interviews that they have done. So if I have someone I really like, I will have listened to every single interview that they have done. It helps me as a leader in a couple of ways. I'm hearing, uh, I'm hearing different people ask them different questions. And I, I have this, like I said, ability to kind of spot trends and kind of synthesize data and information. And so I get a really great picture of this person's success. And also as a fellow podcaster, I am learning different interview styles. So the, I, I want to be a leader in podcasting and in that space. And so it helps me to hear um, many people interview the same person because they do it differently and at different levels of expertise. So that helps me in the leadership areas I'm working on. That's a great tip. And what is one book that you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership? Well, we're talking about profit today. So I'm going to, I'm going to give profit first by Mike McCallowitz. It is a book that has transformed how I run my business and how many of uh, of my audience and, and clients are running their business now. I recently had the opportunity to interview him, and he kind of went through his method. Uh, but he the the book is is just phenomenal. It really talks about some of what I talked about today, which is making sure that you're you're taking money out of your business and really watching those expenses. Mm-hmm. That was a great interview too. Loved it. Thank you. And what advice would you give your younger self? Mm. So I, as I said, I'm a planner and a recovering perfectionist. Mm -hmm. So I would just tell Natalie, younger Natalie, that you can't plan it all out. Like you don't know where life is going. I, I had a whole plan in my early twenties of where I thought my life was going. And it has been so different than I expected. And I, you know, my, my daughter, my daughter who's 14, I am divorced from her dad and remarried to my husband, Mark. I didn't plan on being divorced. I didn't plan on, you know, co-parenting with, with her dad and not being married to him. So that was not in my plan. And, but it's through all these things, it's actually through all those things that were not in the plan that I, lessons that I've learned that have made me who I am today and into the woman and mother and coach that I am today. And so I'm grateful for those times my life went off plan, so to speak, because that has made me a richer and, and, a richer person inside in terms of my character and really more empathetic. So I had had a really kind of easy life uh, before going through, you know, just a hard time of going through a divorce. And uh, that has made me, I'm so much more empathetic to other people's pain. And so while I didn't love that experience, I am grateful for the personal growth I've had through it. And share with us a success quote or mantra and why it has meaning for you. Well, I love the theme um, of what we've been talking about today, which is that sometimes we do things scared. So I want to say do it scared. It We don't really realize that 
most people are doing it scared. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I just say, go for, we're all scared. I'm scared all the time. I, I, I did a live video recording this morning um, before, you know, we were able to jump on the call, call Jody and we were mm-hmm. talking about that. And, you know, before we hit record and, you know, that was, it was a little nerve wracking for me. I didn't know how it was going to go. It was literally being published on Facebook as we were doing the interview. And, I do things scared all the time. Public speaking is not easy for me. I love it once I am like in the process of doing it, but beforehand I'm scared and, uh, but it has brought so many great results to myself and my business. And I'm able to impact the people that are listening, you know, there in the moment in a different way than you can through podcasting and other mediums. And so I, yeah, we just got to do it scared ladies. Mm -hmm. And lastly, Natalie, what is the best way for this community to connect with you? Well, I'll give you two ways. I have a website, which is bizchicks.com and I spell chicks with an X. So it's B-I-Z-C-H-I-X.com. And you can also email me nat at bizchicks.com. And for those of you listening, I know oftentimes you're running around, you're in the car, you're on the way to work. So you know you can find all the links and resources shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com. And Natalie, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Well, Jody, thank you so much for this opportunity. And I love your show. It's been so fun to watch you grow as a podcaster and to have the opportunity to meet you in this, this summer was so fun. Like literally we got to sit down just the two of us and hang out and it was so great. And, and it's such an honor to be on your show. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Are you ready to take the lead in your own life but need some support? Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash contact to introduce yourself. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining with me and here's to your success.